best day and the worst day of my life, October last year. Um, and at that stage I said, the funny thing about rugby league, there's always next year. Well, next year's now here, guys, and we're six days away, not six days till um, Friday night. So it's been a really quick um, off-season, to be honest. A lot has happened. Uh, I was sincerely hoping we'd be sort of flying under the radar a little bit um, over the uh, off-season. Just a, we'd been the hunted, and I'll come to that later on, we'd, we'd been hunted pretty much, or sorry, we'd been the hunter. A lot has happened. Uh, I was sincerely hoping we'd be sort of flying under the radar a little bit um, over the uh, off-season. Just a, we'd been the hunted, and I'll come to that later on, we'd, we'd been hunted pretty much, or sorry, we'd been the hunter in 2019 a lot. Um, so it was really interesting to suddenly feel like we're now the hunted. So I was really hoping that come the off-season we're actually going to be low-key, uh, no turmoil, um, nothing to really disrupt where things were at. Uh, obviously when the season was finished, um, there was the Aiden Caesar issue. Most of us knew he was going to be leaving the Raiders. Uh, so that was sort of bubbling along probably May, June, July throughout the year that he was going to go once we'd signed George Williams. Um, the Jordan Rapana issue hit about July, August. In that respect, uh, that was also something that um, had reared its head, but we knew most of the way through the year that Jordan was trying to get an upgraded contract. Money wasn't available. Um, so it's sort of become a real... Uh, uh, a realistic um, situation that come grand final, even though he was verbally saying that he wanted to stay, um, that he was never going to be able, well, uh, never going to be able to afford it. So that was bubbling along. So things were looking really good until the BJ Lailua reared its head once we'd signed Curtis Scott. Now, sadly, he was never going to go. Um, I was hopeful that BJ would stay. I'll come to BJ later. I like BJ. I thought it could have been a year or the final year of his contract that he would be able to stay, see out his year here, then move on to Green and put to the wing. Say la vie, that wasn't the case. Um, so anyway, it was, it was certainly upsetting that BJ had to go. It was something that I didn't want to see, um, but sadly it is what it is, and he's now gone on to his newer contract with, um, uh, with the West Tigers. So something I didn't want to happen, I thought with BJ in the side, with Curtis Scott on the wing, keeping Bailey Simonson off the bench for another year, it would have really had a lot of impact um, and still a lot of... And, and still a lot of um, uh, um, thrust power and firepower on that right edge. I'll come to our right edge throughout the um, live broadcast. Um, so look, unfortunately what then has transpired, BJ's left, he's obviously now verbalised that he wasn't happy with now Scott situation that's reared its head, Australia Day. So all these things just sort of took us out of our sort of our preparation a fair bit. Thankfully, Curtis is able to play round one. Um, who knows what the courts will do? I'm confident now what the NRL has seen has given Curtis a fair bit of leverage that it won't be as bad as we all first thought where the charges were laid. Only time will tell. It's in the lands of the court. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see exactly what's happened. So look, guys, um, let's get into it. Welcome if you're here for the first time. If you don't know who I am, I run Berkey's Top 10 uh, Canberra Raiders uh, podcast as well as a YouTube channel where I basically do a preview um, and a post-match review of all our Raiders games throughout the year. So I just wanted to touch base today in relation to what are some of the things I think will happen through the year. 
with players, with the way we're going to approach games, with what other sides we'll be looking at with Canberra. Just those sorts of things I think are really important for hopefully to educate you guys through certain things throughout the year exactly what a what or what may not go down in relation to various sides, players, and how sides are going to try and attack us in various um, in, in various ways. So guys, if I look at my screen down here and over here, I'm just sort of trying to get all your comments ready and trying to sort of interact as much as possible. Um, welcome, Dale. How are you, mate? Dale Blake, good to see you. Hi, Kate. Thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, just fire any questions that you would like to throw at me throughout the podcast, uh, sorry, throughout the um, uh, live feed. Uh, if I don't know, there's a a hell of a lot of other um, uh, better brains than me on this uh, on this live feed that can answer questions anyway. But let's get into it. The first question I want to raise is, do we have a better side than 2019? So I think it's a really long question, so not, in, not in words, but the answer. So if we pair back the players we've lost, Aiden Caesar played 155 NRL games with Gold Coast and the Raiders. Jordan Ruppin played 118 games, four at the Titans and 114 with the Raiders. And BJ played 204 games between the Knights, um, uh, the Roosters and the Raiders. So collectively we've lost, what, 470 games of NRL experience with those three guys. Nearly half of our back line have left and three of our four right edge have left. So it's really a compounding situation with those guys leaving all on our right edge. John Bateman won't be playing the first five, six, seven rounds. So basically from having probably the best right edge in the competition, very vulnerable. I'll come to our right edge later on. We've replaced him with George Williams, who hasn't played one NRL game. Curtis Scott's played 49 games, all with the Storm. And Nick Kotrick's now played 71 games. If you can believe Nick Kotrick has 2017 already and he's still only 22 I think yeah 22 so that's a real plus for us I think Ricky's made the right decision in moving Nick from left wing to right wing I'll come to that a bit later on but I think that's a very wise move to move Nick to our position as I said I'll, I'll cover that a little bit more in depth later on so have we got a better side I would say on paper at the moment we haven't Paper doesn't win games, in my opinion. Obviously, those three guys that will all play in the right edge obviously don't have as much experience than the guys that have left. They're younger, so that's understandable. So we just have to make sure that these guys get in the groove as quickly as possible um, and not having um, a, a solid right edge may cause us some issues in those first four or five games while these players gel in their positions. So on the surface, I'd say we don't have a stronger side than 2019. I think we're about the same that we were uh, with some of the current uh, talent we've been able to bring in, some younger guys coming up. Um, and some maturity some of the younger guys got throughout 2019, the likes of Corey Horsberg, Hudson Young, uh, those sort of guys would have really, hopefully can blossom on a lot more this year. I'm still baffled by the BJ decision, I must say. I felt um, he should have been still at the Raiders, seen out the final year of his contract. Uh, that would have been a far better outlook from a Raiders supporter in my perspective. Um, by having BJ still in the centres with Curtis Scott on the wing. It is what it is. We've now just got to face up to the fact that we just have to really gel with these guys as quickly as possible. So at the start of 2018, um, the only representative player we had uh, 
in the Australian side was basically Josh Papali. We had Joe Tarpany, Jordan as New Zealand reps, and we had the likes of um, uh, Elliot Whitehead and Josh Hodson as English reps. So they were the big names. Can you believe at the end of 2019 we had Nick Kotrick is the current Australian right winger, Sean Sickle Klockstad is the current New Zealand left centre, and Jack Whiten is the current Australian right centre. So throughout 2019, we've done a hell of a lot right as a football side to be able to now to have far more mature players like this in key positions um, that is really going to help our experience and our probably our attitude towards our games this year just to calm games down. Now, over 2019 in relation to rep sides is huge. Um, and I just can't speak highly enough of what that's going to do as a maturity or from a side that will take us to the next level, the experience these guys now have. Um, that's the situations now where those guys have fa this, this fantastic experience playing with the likes of two of us, a Sheck, Tedesco, uh, Waria Hargreaves, um, who else is there, uh, Cherry Evans. There's these sorts of things that our guys, our younger guys, can really pick up and watch how they prepare for these games is really, really important. Um, so I want to now gel to our right side defence. Now, you don't have to be a brain surgeon to realise that sides are going to pick this up very early, starting with the Titans on Friday night. Um, you'd be a mug to think that sides are not going to mainline to our right edge a hell of a lot. Probably what they're going to do is work into the middle of the field out of their in-goal area and then they're going to switch right. They're going to keep switching right, switching right, bring it back to the centre and back to the right. I'd be doing it if I was an opposition coach and an opposition playmaker like um, like uh, Mitchell Pearce, uh, Keary. Uh, those type of guys are really going to know there's some weaknesses there, not so much with talent, but just with cohesion and communication on that right edge. Um, so there's a couple of answers I want to come to later on. Uh, one of them, I think, is Joe Tarpany. Uh, I think he has to be in the right edge somewhere. I don't think he can play in the middle, particularly after um, his game last week against the Bulldogs. I think he's got to be an edge player, right edge players away. I think we need someone with experience who's been there before. I'm not dismissing Corey Horsberg at all, but I really think that we need someone like a Joe Tarpany with his experience just to keep momentum. Uh, and he knows the plays a hell of a lot. He's a big body. I'll come to him later on about what sort of impact I also I think he can have on the forward pack this year, but I'd certainly be going for Joe Tarpany um, very, very quickly. Um, so coming on to... Now, I said that at the start of the podcast. At the start of 2019, we were hunting sides. We were sort of flying under the radar a few bit. Uh, not a lot of sides knew who we were. Um, uh, Bateman was really an unknown quantity. Ryan Sutton was an unknown quantity. We had some loose parts in our game in 2018, sadly. Come the end of 2019, and sides are now really going to be hunting us. They're going to be breaking down our who steps here, who steps there, where we like to go through the middle, who Hodjo turns underneath him. So they're really going to be analysing our style of play a hell of a lot. So as a side that's hunted, you have to raise your one percenters a lot more. The one percenters usually win games, and our one percenters last year were exemplary. Our kick chase, repeat sets, um, uh, keeping a straight line from kick chase, all those sorts of things uh, really, and they're just one percenters. They're nothing more than 
Um, they're an attitude thing more than an ability thing. So attitude being your mental capacity to get there with your teammate, to be talking to the guy in size. One percenters were very, very important for us last year, and they're going to be even more critical this year as sides start to hunt us up. So we've just got to make sure that we um, we keep those things. They're, they're a non-negotiable one percenters. You have to keep on them every game, every training. It starts from training. So you have to make sure those one percenters are key to witty these big games of football. Um, Dale with a really good question. When the right edge gels and when Bateman comes back, I think we'll have a good side. I would have liked BJ to stay also. Absolutely, mate. I mean, Bateman is a really fundamental glue to that right edge. Um, he's got... Uh, a must-win attitude, he's a mongrel dog, the way he plays the game. He actually drags players with him, and that's a really good sign of a football player where their ability and their hunger actually drags their other players to perform as best they can, particularly with a guy like him that hates losing. So I really think that's a really uh, good point you make um, with uh, uh, Bateman coming back. Let's hope it's not seven to eight weeks. Let's hope it's sooner. Um, but I think it's going to be a big plus when he gets onto the field. I'll come to our run shortly about those first five games and what they actually mean to us to uh, you know to solidify a really good start to the year. Chris Gould with a really good question. I would have taps in the second row and starting to lock until Bateman is back. Good point, Chris. My feeling on that, um, and I think we may have spoken through the week from memory, but I think there's blurred lines anyway these days between um, uh, back rowers and and the 13. Obviously, in our side, Elliot's number 12, he plays left edge. Bateman, number 11, he plays right edge. And Sutton, when he was playing locked through the year, was in the middle. But I just feel with the way that Tarpany plays, with his footwork being six foot four, 105 kilos with footwork, uh, he can really get over the top of the defence to offload the ball, which is what I like. So, um, really good point, though. Sutton may have locking, he, he may have probably been there at the start of the year against the Titans, got that uh, we won't be the Warriors game. Uh, but once again, if you look at our bench, we're very strong in the bench this year. I thought Gula was outstanding last week against the Bulldogs. Uh, there's Louis. Um, we have, um, you know, an interchange with Sia. So our bench depth this year is really, really strong. When Hudson Young comes back, uh, Corey Horsburgh had a fantastic breakout year last year. I'll come to him shortly. Really, 1%. That's where sides either make the eight, make the four, or go on to win the premiership. Is those little non-negotiables as sides or as a side that they all buy in to those things they've got to do as a team to be better. Um, so what I want to look at now is uh, Corey Horsburgh, a fantastic 2019. We'll probably, few people are talking about him being a state of origin rep this year. He may be on the, he may, it, Obviously, it depends on injuries and form. Uh, the way his form was at the back end of 2019 was fantastic. The big thing with second-year players and anyone who's played any form of sport at top level knows that the second year is a really, really tough year, particularly for forwards, because you do start to get hammered a little bit more. They try and frustrate it. I'd love to see Corey really kick on. But second year in the NRL is probably harder than the first because, once again, you're flying under the radar. Second year players, coaches start looking at their strengths and weaknesses a fair bit, know where to run. Um, they know what side's their good side, that they tackle on, how they pop a ball. 
Uh, I'd love to see Corey get a couple of more yards of pace. Obviously, he's a big body. Fitness and, and conditioning is going to help him do that, which is why I'll backfield, which is why I don't think he should be on an edge this early in his career. I just feel that other sides will be able to skip around him fairly easily fairly easily with second phase plays and so on. Um, so that's why at the moment I think my preference is for him to be in the middle third and let Joe Tarpany float out wide. But Corey Horse was going to be a big part of our season this year. I also, what I liked about him last year was his ability to offload that second phase play. Other than Josh Papali, uh, he probably has the best offload uh, in the forward pack. And I think this year our second phase play really needs to become really really needs to become more a far more critical part of our play, particularly with the likes of George Williams floating around the ruck. I'll come to George Williams shortly. With his speed, second phase play, getting through the gap, um, I think the offloads are really going to be at the forefront with a lot of sides this year. I feel last year we could have offloaded a hell of a lot more in second phase play that we that we did. Uh, I think it just causes defensive lines to lose their structure. Um, they become they become sort of indecisive with who should be taking what. And with some of our speed around that ruck area, uh, I think our play is really important. And the guys like Corey and Josh Papali as well um, should really really work well together. There's some of the things. To this year in relation to Corey and what's what obviously some of the things he can bring to the side. He's also a tough unit, um, so he doesn't mind mixing it with you know the the, the hard nuts into competition. That's good for intimidation. I think that's really important. So let's come back to George Williams. So obviously he's joined us on a on a really big contract. Um, pressure's on the guy. Like he's signed a three-year contract. He's taken a grand final halfback's place in Aiden Caesar. Um, so he's got a fair bit of pressure. The thing with George is he can't just, he can't listen to the noise. There's, everyone's talking about the pressure that he's under. He needs to take Canberra to the Holy Grail and win the competition. So all those sorts of things, um, he has to just stop listening to the outside noise and listen to his players and his coach. He's got to also play his natural game. He can't be thinking, I've moved from England now, I've come to the NRL, um, I've got to change my style of play. That's not going to happen. He's still got to play the way that he played in England, the way in Australia. The major difference is, obviously, the quickness of the game. I think the defensive lines of the NRL are, are far more structured than Super League. I think everyone who's watched Super League games can see that. Um, but Williams just needs to back himself. He has speed to burn, and speed in the NRL is a beautiful commodity. Um, so he's just got to just do his little one percenters, as I said earlier. So his speed, his kick chase, his organisational skills, those types of things, he's just got to strengths that got him here. Their strengths have got him 10 caps for England. So he's just got to back himself in those particular moments, if they become available, um, that he's going to make the right choice. What I find interesting with George Williams is in the English Super League, he was left edge. He's now come out here and playing right edge. I'm not convinced that he will stay right edge for the whole year. Um, <coughs> I think he's a better left edge runner than he is a right edge runner. So whether Ricky has the option to switch George and Jack around, remember as I said earlier, Jack Whiten is now the current Australian right centre. So Jack's used to playing the right hand side and the left hand side. So that versatility thing I was talking about earlier when you make these rep sides, it just augurs well for us and things that's going to help the side. So I'm not overly convinced that George may stay that right edge all year. 
I'd be I'd be very surprised if Ricky doesn't mix him around with inside of Elliot Whitehead with Jared um, and switches them from side to side during games depending on how the game uh, is, is panning out. The other thing with George Williams is his kicking game. So um, Aiden's kicking game last year was the best kicking game I think he's had since he was a Canberra Raiders player of 16, 17. His kicking game last year was very, very good throughout the year. He got us a lot of repeat sets. He kicked some wonderful field goals, particularly against the Sharks, where we needed them done. He kicked three, I think. Um, so Aiden's kicking game, his short kicks to put pressure in the corners was very, very good. George has to continue that kicking game. Um, it's a must that he continues those touches that Aiden was able to produce throughout the end, throughout the back half of 2019. Um, so I'll be really keen to see how he does or how he goes having pressure. I think his kicks last week, he did two bombs to a corner and maybe one kick out of uh, one kick out of trouble. But it's those kicks inside the 25 to get repeat sets or hem sides in on their line that I'm really going to be quite keen to see that he can nail that. We need that nailed from day one. Otherwise, we've got Jack, who's not a great long-range kicker, but he's developing his, his ply as a kicker, and Hodjo from dummy half. Once again, his kicks out of dummy half this year for us will be absolutely critical to take that marker pressure off Jack and George Williams. So uh, I'm really keen to see how George's defence goes. I think sides are going to try and throw a lot of traffic at him early. Once again, um, two or three... Um, uh, repeat uh, tackles in the Super League aren't usually a norm. In the NRL, they are. So halfbacks, fullbacks, five eights need to be able to do two or three tackles quickly in succession um, to make sure that they stop the play in their tracks. I think a lot of sides are really going to throw a lot of traffic at George. Um, to try and tire him out as best they could. The first five games. Um, we really need to bank these first five games. Look at the draw with Titans into the Warriors in New Zealand, and then we've only got a four-day break or five-day break. We've got to get back from New Zealand on the Saturday night or Sunday. The Dragons on a Thursday night in Canberra. So, especially Dragons, that's a real danger area for us. So we have to make sure that we prepare really, really well. Uh, then we're into Manly, a massive Manly game. We know what the Manly games are like, round four at Canberra, and then to the Panthers. So we need to be banking at least four or five of those games in those early rounds with Bateman out, um, getting some cohesion with that right edge. We've really got to bank. I'd love all five. Don't get me wrong, I'd love them all in the bank big time, but we really need to be banking at least four out of those five to keep us in the top three, top four of the comp. Uh, will be fantastic. So we've got to get those games under our belt early. So when the rep season starts, you know, we're probably going to lose this year. Josh, um, Jack, Nick, must-haves. Um, um, Horsburg's, a, you know, a smoky. So we could be having four players that we won't have for that state of origin period. So we just have to make sure, I said, we get these games into the bank nice and early. Bateman and Papali, without a doubt, will be our forward leaders this year. Uh, Papali, if he's not the best front row in the in the world, with um, then he's certainly even with uh, Maria Hargreaves. He was a monster for us last year. He looked fit and hungry even in the trial last week. He looked fantastic last week as well, which is great. Um, so I think those two guys, world class in their position. Once again, as I said, Bateman's probably close to the best second rower in the world. We've got the best prop in the world, the second best hooker in the world. 
So we've really got a really good stimulus and plateau there and platform, should I say, uh, to really have a really, really strong, and those guys will be the one that will be sort of leading us around big time. Uh, I want to maybe just draw back attention to, to Jack, Whiten and Shans. Now, I think Nickel Clockstack this year has, has got to expand his wings this year. I hope that he was able to get some education from two of us at Sheck during the rep season last year as well at Tedesco, how these guys now play a lot wider and not through the middle, particularly in attacking plays. I think Shans, has, that's his goal this year, is to develop that opportunity and play to, to play wider and set up his wingers his, or, or his centres with um, second man plays, face balls, that type of thing. If he can develop that into his game this year, as I said, it's just going to add another layer to what we do. Um, it's going to take a lot of pressure off Hodcho. It's going to take a lot of pressure off Jack. If Sean's going to be around those fringes organising plays out wide. Tedesco and two of us are probably the best two in the world at doing those types of plays. And this is where we need Sean's this year to really add that 1% to our attacking game with him doing those things. As a backstop, if he can't do it or he's just not in that frame of mind to do it, then Jack Whiten can use his fullback skills a hell of a lot more, I think, with second main man plays. And this is where I think Ricky hopefully will combine Whiten with George Williams with sweep play. So what I mean by a sweep play is Williams plays to his right, Jack comes from his left sweeping around like he did when he was a fullback, um, sweeping in behind a second man or sweeping in behind George to set up the likes of Scott and Kotrick with a face ball or a short pass. So there's these ways and structures that we can create those second men, uh, particularly with Jack's experience as a fullback. So I'd really like to see um, those types of plays this year where George and Jack are sweeping left or sweeping right to create those plays. Um, so, and on to Chance, so I just back to Chance. Um, once again, he played seven games for the Warriors, but once again, it, it's really it's his second year in the NRL, if that makes sense. I know he started early with the Warriors and had seven games, but the second full year for him is going to be a big one. Once again, sides are really going to find out if he can jump high, um, grubbers along the ground. He'll handle it easily, but it's just that second year grind of week in, week out, doing what your strengths are and making sure um, that he buys into the, you know, those 1%, as I spoke about, so important. But he's under a fair bit of pressure pressure this year just to maintain that level that he was on um, so the back three um, once again we have probably the you know one of the best back threes last year with Shans, Nick um, and Jordan big bodies getting those gritty shitty runs out of our 25 into the halfway line to get us out of trouble so this year we've got Shans, we've got Nick and we've got Bailey so once again those guys really need to take the baton um, and make sure that their runs, and then we usually have BJ, the second or third run, taking a really strong one. So that's what Curtis Scott has to has to do. So, you know, there's all these little bits and pieces that are, you know, sort of meshing around. Um, we've got to pair it back, look at what made us successful last year, and then build on that for this year. Um, because sides are really going to be coming for us, guys. Uh, and we just have to be very, very careful on, on our game. If we're one or two percent off our game, then we're going to face some, un, you know, some some um, some uh, unhappy consequences with what may with what may come out of it. Injuries are going to be a big thing. Last year, thankfully, the end of the year we had hardly any injuries. 
which is a bonus. But our depth this year, I think, at the forwards is fantastic. I, I, I haven't even mentioned Havili, who was also really good last week against the Bulldog. Tongan international hooker. Um, so I think his thrusts off the bench... Uh, maybe moving Hodjo back to more a, a receiver. Once again, it's going to be critical for our go forward. We don't have to tweak a lot in our game. Um, just make sure our cohesion communication and we know where each players are playing uh, are going to be most important. So guys, look, that's basically where I wanted to come at for the live feed. Um, if you have any comments, give us a comment down below. If I can't get to all of your comments today, I'll certainly get back to them through the week. Um, but as always, guys, I'll be back here uh, Thursday night for um, uh, my preview of the Titans game. It won't be alive. It'll just be through my usual uh, Berkey's Top 10 Facebook page. So I'll have a YouTube video up there. So please have a link on that. Like my Berkey's Top 10 page on Facebook, guys. Uh, my YouTube channel, subscribe there. Love to have your love and support. Any queries, any feedback, guys, always happy to chat um, and talk all things Raiders. So as always, guys, Bleed Green, this is Berkey, out.